February is Heart Health Month. There's no better time to focus on heart-healthy habits like eating more dark chocolate, groundbreaking results from Harvard's massive Cosmos study on cocoa flavanols show a 39% reduction in the risk of cardiovascular death among participants consuming cocoa flavanols daily. I search high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Flavor Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Bars and Cocoa Powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to help improve your blood pressure and cholesterol levels, possibly reduce your chance of heart attack and stroke. I use it every day. To order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. There you'll find details on Harvard's Cosmos study and great recipes, too. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. The name of this series is Intelligent Medicine, as you well know, and an intelligent medicine approach requires the best of both worlds, the best of high-tech medicine and the best of natural therapies to prevent and treat disease. And when it comes to respiratory diseases, well, we reach sort of an impasse when it comes to common respiratory diseases like colds, flus, and of course, COVID, because, well, we have high-tech remedies and preventives, but uh, these have somewhat fallen short in terms of complete protection. So it behooves us to look at natural support. Uh, I wrote an article about that during the pandemic entitled uh, Immune Reset, uh, which you can download at dearhoffman.com. Uh, it's about the natural measures we can take to increase our resiliency. Today, we're going to do a deep dive on the subject of respiratory health and immune support with uh, one of our go-to experts. He's Neil Edward Levin. He's Senior Nutrition Education Manager and a Product Formulator for Now Foods, as well as Protocol for Life Balance. Protocol for Life Balance being the uh, physician brand of uh, that particular uh, supplement manufacturer. Uh, he's an award-winning board-certified clinical nutritionist. He's a founder and officer of the American Nutrition Association and also serves on the International American Association of Clinical Nutritionists Clinical Nutrition Certification Board. And he is a versatile speaker. They literally ship him all over the world to address uh, audiences both domestically and in foreign countries. I, I understand uh, you'll be speaking to an audience in uh, Brazil later this year and also in Greece and Macedonia. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, they do invite me to other countries and they even let me back in the U.S. So I'm lucky in that regard that I can go both ways. Okay, so and, uh, the, reviews are, the reviews are good enough that they actually allow you back. That's okay. <laughs> good deal. Uh, okay, so, so I mean, you're, you're like a sort of a point-and-shoot expert about uh, many aspects of uh, supplements and nutritional support. So, so actually, f- uh, frame the issue for us. Uh, you know, what goes into optimal respiratory health? Well, 
I mean, respiratory systems kind of divided. The upper respiratory is from the throat up. And lower respiratory is down, you know, the lungs, the chest. And, and there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of oxygen. Oh, antioxidants and free radical fighters become very important in that regard to control against damaging effects of oxygen, uh, uncontrolled oxygen. And uh, also there's a lot of mucous membranes in the, those areas. So health and fluidity of the mucus itself and the membranes that generate it and that the mucus is protecting is important. Mucus is actually a substance that carries nutrients in, but it's also a barrier against uh, anything getting in that you don't want to get in. It's a kind of like a filter. So it's something that we need. And obviously, if you have excess mucus, that's not something that's comfortable and you want to deal with it. If the mucus gets too thick and isn't moving properly, that's another concern. So nutrients, of course, are involved in all these aspects. So also, uh, also, so also, you know, help us a little bit with the distinction. There's a basic distinction in immunity. Immunity is very, very complex. And, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, a dimmer switch. You know, you have high immunity, low immunity. It has, if you can imagine a dimmer switch in 50 dimensions, you know, thought experiment. That, that's kind of the way it works. And you'd, you'd want it not too hot, not too cold, just right. The Goldilocks effect. But uh, we tend to divide the immune system into two basic arms. Uh the uh, innate uh, immune system and uh, the acquired immune system. And and those play a big role in, in immune health and resistance to disease. And one of the problems with our current approaches to COVID is that we mostly are working on the acquired immune system, right? Because, you know, acquired uh, memory to an infection, if you have natural immunity, it's because your, your immune system remembers, but that's acquired immunity. And then there's the acquired immunity you get from a vaccine. But actually, you need uh, kind of a barrier function, which I guess is uh, sometimes referred to as the innate immune system. So let's discuss that and, and ways to bolster that. Sure. The innate immune system is our basic. Think of it kind of like if you had an army in your body and there's scouts and there's reinforcements. And the scouts are like the innate immune system. They're out there scouting for things that don't belong there, invasive organisms, uh, enemy agents, whatever. And they're armed. So they can attack and try to take out things that don't belong there. If they get overwhelmed, they call for reinforcements. That's the adaptive immunity. That's the second part of immunity. And that requires some time. But when you use adaptive immunity, then there are immune cells that will remember as you said, the exposure, and we'll actually keep recipes of what types of cells were needed, what kind of immune response was needed to get rid of that uh, challenge to, to the body. So the innate immune system doesn't have a memory, but it is armed. It does have capabilities, and it has a basic knowledge of what to look for and suspect things that don't belong there. So you want that to be as strong as possible so you don't mount a defense because mounting an immune defense with the adaptive immunity uh, takes a lot of energy, it, it uses up a lot of nutrients, and there are some potentially uncomfortable side effects such as making a lot of mucus, uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, the coughs, the sneezes, the uh, the fevers, you know, all those kind of things that could be a result of what the body is trying to do to get rid of this invasive presence that it that it senses. And the innate immune system is much more compact, much more I- immediate in more, what it does. More sol- uh, but it's more general and not as selective as the other system. Yeah, it has to be general because it's looking for general things. You know, it'll look for a virus. It'll look for bacteria of an unknown origin. It'll look for proteins that don't belong there, too, which is another issue. Uh, when that happens in the gut, for example, that can actually lead to autoimmune problems if the body is training the immune cells to attack a certain protein, and that protein is in the food supply. Indeed. That, that the basis of food allergy or, you know, food reactions. Uh, right. So what are some of the, let's talk about some of the things that can impair our immunity. Uh, and then we can talk about some things that will enhance our immunity. But what are some of the things that we're doing in modern life that actually may hamper our a proper response to invaders? Well, there's a lot of stresses on the body, and stress is going to use nutrients. For example, uh, the highest concentration of vitamin C in the body is in the adrenal gland, which is responsible for creating stress hormones. So the more stress, the more vitamin C is used. And vitamin C is needed for many other things, including making collagen, having strong blood vessels, uh, but it's part of the immune system too. So you know, if you're using it up with stress, Maybe you're smoking, and smoking is using up antioxidants, including vitamin C. Uh, maybe you don't have good nutrition. You're not getting the nutrients you need. Uh, alcohol consumption, uh, aging, uh, even even things like menstrual cycles or exercise can uh, create increased needs for nutrients. Uh, special diets, of course. Any kind of restricted diet is going to res- potentially restrict the nutrients you can get, and your ability to fuel these immune processes and and immune cells themselves in the body. And, of course, we have to maintain all these tissues and make sure we have these barriers, these physical barriers, as well as immune system barriers. So the mucous membrane itself is a barrier. And, you know, there are barriers in the gut. There are barriers in the lungs that are protecting us from the outside world. And the more intact they are and the more functional they are, the better protection we have. So when we start having things where the mucus gets too thick or there's too much of it, 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 it's, it we end up with all these side effects and these uncomfortable symptoms uh, from having these immune challenges. Uh, so, you know, healthy diet is part of it. Stress control is part of it. Uh, Having good uh, hygiene is part of it and how we deal with the outside world. You know, I mean, a lot of us are packed up together in public spaces, uh, for example, or or going and uh, mass transit, anything like that, where you're exposed to people. Uh, Some of us work with the public and we can't help but be exposed to people, you know, retail stores, etc. So... We, those are all challenges to the immune system that require the stress management, the nutrients, the 
uh, on all the hygiene. Indeed. Uh, and perhaps we can add to that uh, environmental pollution, which has a, a detrimental effect on on the immune system, uh, and even uh, sleep deprivation, that, and which is certainly ubiquitous in this modern day and age, right? Yeah, that, sleep deprivation adds to stress and uses up more stress hormones, uses up more nutrients. And more stress means less immunity. I, you know, I remember an experiment which I did in, uh, it must have been uh, college biology, uh, where we looked at uh, blood cells under the microscope. And of course, there were red blood cells, far more numerous than white blood cells. And then we put a, a drop, it was a very simple experiment, we put a drop of sugar on the slide and we watched what happened to the white blood cells. And usually they, they move like amoebas. You know, they have some mobility. They can kind of you know, have the ability to uh, traverse, uh, unlike red blood cells, which are just basically like, uh, uh, you know, like lifesavers, uh, inert objects. They flow with the blood. But the white blood cells actually can traverse. And with the sugar addition, we saw a stasis. We saw that the mobility of the white blood cells was impaired. So certainly diet and, and conditions like metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, and ultimately diabetes may stunt the immune response because of the white blood cells. Well, sure, but also the stress response includes releasing sugar from the liver uh-huh. into mm-hmm. the bloodstream. Right. So, you know, assuming that the body needs more energy for a fight-or-flight situation... So adding more sugar could actually aggravate where the immune cells become even less active. So there's so many things going on. It it sounds like you can't just say, you know, take vitamin C uh, or, you know, take this immune booster. You need kind of a suite of nutrients because the immune system is so complex. So this is actually what we're going to talk about. So let's get into a discussion about uh, where uh, nutrition and specifically supplements uh, can address respiratory health. So take it away. Well, first thing I would suggest is everyone should probably be taking a multivitamin and covering most of these bases. I take a multivitamin. I take a lot of other things too, but I make sure I get the basics and I, I, I don't need vitamin A from another source because it's in my multi. I'm not looking for B vitamins from another source that's in my multi. Uh, you know, zinc and things like that, the everyday thing. I am taking more vitamin C. I am taking more vitamin D. I am taking a bunch of antioxidants and free radical fighters. You know, I'm taking probiotics. So I'm adding things to the multi, but I'm making sure I have the basic nutrients I need to be functional. So when you start adding ones, uh, a couple of the categories that are very important for immunity are vitamin D and the antioxidants starting with vitamin C, but other ones including cysteine, glutathione, some of the ones that might not be as well known as, as vitamin C. So vitamin D actually has a important role uh, in immunity. It's, it's actually been called uh, the immunity vitamin in, mm-hmm. by some researchers. Mm-hmm. And vitamin D receptors exist on immune cells. Uh, when you have adequate vitamin D levels, and we're talking about serum levels between, say, 30 and 80, and, or, and even better, between 50 and 80 when you're looking at the blood tests, and over 30 is considered adequate in 
general, but usually researchers looking at optimal health say 40 or 50 is a better number for your vitamin D level. Vitamin D will help to mature and create more innate immune cells, but it also strengthens the immune cells, both innate and adaptive immune cells, basically upgrading their weaponry and making them more capable of fighting anything that they encounter to get rid of things that they don't think belong there. So vitamin D is like turning up the volume on the immune system where it's stronger and and better armed, better equipped. Uh, on the other hand, you have antioxidants like vitamin C. Just, just uh, one, one, one note on, on vitamin D. Excuse me. Uh, you know, yes. people, you know, hearing what you said about you know amping up your immune system, the concern might be to uh, put your immune system into overdrive with vitamin D. And what's interesting about vitamin D is that it may play a role in uh, hyperactive immunity as well, hypo as well as hyper, because uh, it's been shown to be beneficial in many autoimmune diseases, multiple sclerosis, uh, ulcerative colitis, uh, and rheumatoid arthritis, uh, because it, I guess, coming back to that Goldilocks analogy, uh, not too hot, not too cold, it seems to be an immune regulator or an adaptogen so that uh, it there's little danger of turning your your immune system against your yourself in autoimmunity because of its immune modulate modulating effects right right uh giving it more weaponry or better uh better arms is not going to make it more aggressive necessarily mm-hmm. right so like, like a like, like a well-armed said, not- country you know that is is less likely to <laughs> to be invaded uh and less likely to have to wage war Right, because it can normally take out things more rapidly and without getting that adaptive immunity. Adaptive immunity is where you get antibodies, by the way. So you don't tend to get antibodies from exposures with the innate immunity, those cells uh, just taking out something and, and taking care of business. It's it's that reaction, that, that reinforcement that causes the immune memory and the creation of antibodies and things like that. So somebody who's been exposed to something and they did not create antibodies because they didn't need to, because the innate immune system got rid of whatever it was, will actually test negative. Uh, on COVID, that was one of the issues where people with strong immune systems might have been exposed to it and might have gotten rid of it and not had any symptoms or very, you know, very brief symptoms. But then they got tested, and some people have antibodies, and they didn't even know they had the disease. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have antibodies, and they were sure they had the disease. And that's why, because their their innate immune system was able to take care of it largely or, or completely. And on that same note, you know, I, one of the features I did on my radio program this weekend uh, was about uh, what I term the real nursing home scandal and of course when you talk about nursing home scandals the decision to move nursing home patients with covid uh back to nursing homes turn those nursing homes into killing zones and you know that's an obvious uh unintended consequence of a policy that was misguided but the real nursing home scandal is that still to this day uh very few nursing homes are employing proper vitamin d support uh, for elderly, frail patients. I think the, the, it was varied all over the map. It was some ranging from 80, I'm sorry, from 
of, pa- of patients getting vitamin D in some nursing homes to up to 90 plus percent in others where they were they were aware of the benefits of vitamin D for fending off these respiratory infections, which an ordinary person might be a nuisance and an elderly frail person might be the coup de grace. Uh, yeah, absolutely, because, you know, especially institutionalized people, they if they don't have a good choice of foods and they're getting institutional foods, some of them could be great, some of them could be not so great, and the quality, the nutritional value of those foods are, are somewhat questionable, how people who cherry-pick their meals, if they're getting a preset meal, they're, they okay, they want to eat this and not that, they're not necessarily getting a balanced diet. Uh, of course, a multivitamin would help bridge that gap. Uh, I doubt if a multivitamin would have a m- enough vitamin D to compensate right. for a lack of uh, sunshine, exercise, etc. That's why I take extra vitamin D. And th- you know, this time of year, you know, people in New York, Chicago, Seattle, we can't make vitamin D. The sun's too low. If you, if you see your shadow, you have a strong shadow, so there's sunlight, and your shadow is longer than how tall you are. Mm-hmm. You cannot make vitamin D. So if you're five foot tall and your shadow is six foot long, no vitamin D. I have news for you. I just took a, a bike ride, uh, you know, with a group in Death Valley, California, and the sun was bright. And I wore minimal sunscreen, and I was out for you know hours at a time with a bright sunshine, and I didn't. I I barely got a tan, and even at that further southern latitude of Death Valley, California, which is roughly parallel with Las Vegas, uh, in the month of February, I, you know, there was not enough UV radiation penetrating the atmosphere uh, to give me a tan. So, you know, this is a problem. And in certain nursing home residents uh, seldom get outside. Okay. Um, so let, let's pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. You know, we talked about the basics of uh, how the immune system works. Uh, it's a complex subject. Uh, and we introduced our audience to, you know, some of the basic nutrients, you know, the multivitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D, um, and so on. Um, when we return, we're going to talk about uh, some uh, more innovative uh, nutrients that have been shown to have benefits for respiratory health. Uh, and we'll name names and get into some specifics. Our guest today is Dr. Neil Edward Levin. He's Senior Nutrition Education Manager for Protocol for Life Balance. Uh, and by the way, uh, their products are available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information to order. And, uh, there's a great article on this uh, subject at, uh, drhoffman.com, uh, where, uh, you can learn about uh, respiratory health. It's entitled Dietary Supplements for Immune Support and Respiratory Health. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. 